Hey, hey, it's Monday morning, 9 o'clock. I'm Janine, and you're listening to Get the Funk Out. And I have a fantastic guest today. She is very, very inspiring. Her name is Michelle Patterson. She's going to be on in just a bit. She's the founder and CEO of Event Complete. She's also been the visionary behind Taste Ladera for the past five years. And she also has some inspiring stories to share with you how she got her own funk out. So please welcome Michelle Patterson. Hi, Michelle. Hey, how are you, Janine? Good. How are you? Doing wonderful. So thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me on this lovely Monday. Nice little kickoff to the week. I'm excited to, uh, to spend time with you. I know. I, I had you on my show uh, years ago when I was doing Mom's Rock the House, and uh, you're so much fun, and you're doing all these great events around Orange County. So um, I was thinking we could start off by sharing a little bit about you've done all kinds of great things, and, you know, life's a roller coaster ride, basically. And I know you have an inspiring story to tell about maybe some personal things that were going on with you. Absolutely. Well, and I think, too, the more... You know, the, the way that you deal with these uh, these things that pop up makes a huge difference in how you're going to be able to take on other opportunities, which, by the way, I was thinking about this uh, when we were going to be meeting this morning, and you were my very first radio show. Oh, really? Yeah. So <laughs> I thought, oh, that's kind of a neat little thing to have you uh, fall into that category. That's cool. But yeah, it's, um, you know, our health is so important. I mean, when you and I uh, talked last, we were just talking about how, you know, we put so many things on our plate and we're running and we're going super fast and life has this funny way of slowing you down and making you stop and reflect and and really look at how you're prioritizing and and how you're spending your time. Yes. And I um, I had an interesting, you know, I've always been one of those individuals that have had you know, two jobs, uh, you know, taking, you know, even in, in school, you know, it was, I had a job, I was student body president at Loyola, I had uh, a boyfriend, you know, mm-hmm. which that took time, I had a uh, full 21 units, I mean, I've always wow. been that type of person where it's just go, 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 and in this particular case, um, I just, I wasn't feeling good at all, and, you know, for those ladies out there who, um, who could totally appreciate this, Mm-hmm. It was, um, I had a period that literally just continued and continued and continued, and it just would not go away. Well, let me just back up one second. I want to, I don't know if you're like me, but I tend to put everybody else first, and I'm, I kind of ignore little things with myself, and it's like, hello, what, what about me, you know, until it's gotten to the point where it's really serious. Well, yeah. in, in, and again, I think partly, I, I, my dad was a police officer for, you know, 38 years, and uh, I'm the oldest girl, you know, it's like, okay, buck up, little camper, you know, <laughs> if, if something's wrong or if something's not right, you know, yeah. it'll go away, which, which ironically, um, between the doctor and, and my mom, my dad, and family, they were just like, okay, can you take care of this? Like, will you, you know, why are you playing the hero? Why right. are you right. not going into the doctor to handle this? And, um, and there was uh, a, a one particular day where I was in meetings and, um, Ended up having a, uh, I had to go. There was no option. Oh, I man. ended up taking myself into uh, the doctor's uh, called, which I have a great relationship with my doctor, called her and said, you know, I've got to come in. I had been telling her uh, before that I had been having some problems. She was like, you need to get in here. This is not, you know, the, a period that goes for 
as long as you've had it, which at this time it was a couple months, wow. is not normal. Okay. So I ended up going in and, um, and you know, I, I had now gotten to the point where I was anemic, so I was had oh. to shake. <laughs> so, oh. yeah, not Shell. so good, but um, got to the doctor's. And ironically enough, uh, one doctor who um, I'm good friends with, she says, you know, you're not going to want to hear this. And this was a, a year prior I had had a fibroid um, that had grew that was removed. Okay. Because the fibroid, um, you know, has come back, and it's about three times bigger than what it was before. <sighs> so it was super disappointing. And then the next thing out of her mouth was, um, you need to get a hysterectomy. And Oh, my gosh. And I thought... Okay, wait a minute. And the next thing you know, I'm in tears because my mom had had a hysterectomy, and it, and I just remember it being and, and at an early age. And here I'm, you know, at the time, mm-hmm. um, 41, and I remember when my mom had it. It just seemed like it was the onset of many, many problems. Sure. So I'm crying. She says, "Well, let's bring in the specialist." I end up uh, at that <sighs> time calling my husband, just saying, "Hey, you might want to come down." Um, you know, it just there's. It's, just a little more complicated than what I had thought it would okay. be or was hoping it would be. Okay. So, you know, so the doctor comes in, and, and as you know, I put on several events, uh, Taste of Ladera being one of them. So the specialist happened to be, uh, actually had performed in a band that was all doctors. Oh, wow. So he's there. <laughs> he's asking me questions about Taste of Ladera and when it's scheduled for, and, and I'm looking and I'm going, okay. <laughs> I can't talk about this now. <laughs> we, we talk about something else, and, yeah. and uh, you know, my husband's asking the question. He gets there, and so my husband's, you know, real concerned, and, you know, you know my husband, um, he's big into yoga, and he's Mr. Right. And he's just, he's very much about what you eat and how you eat and mm-hmm. working out and all that, all the stuff that I, I really put last on my list. Oh, Michelle, that's terrible. And, um, <laughs> well... <laughs> And trust me, I've heard it from everybody already. And yeah. So, and that's why I'm very, very upfront um, because I did. I made some changes. Okay. So, so he asked the doctor, "Well, what are her options?" He's like, "Well, she could, you know, just keep bleeding and and have it be that way." So, of course, that was not an option. So, we left there. Uh, we set up the hysterectomy um, uh, for the doctor. Um, the scheduling to call us, and so we were going to go ahead and get that going within the next week. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I went home and. Literally, I can remember, you know, it was in the afternoon, uh, my husband took off work, and I literally got home, crawled in the bed, and put the covers over my head, and you know my personality. I am one of those where I am the most optimistic, positive, I'm a firm believer in, you know, the energy you put out there is uh, is how it comes back, and so really, really positive, And, and I was not being positive at this time. I was just like, you had this feeling of just feeling broken. I know. You know, when you're just like, okay, this is this should be working. I should not be dealing with this, and and right. just overly frustrated. Right. So, um, at this point, you know, my husband, and again, super positive uh, personality type as well, says, "All right, you know, let's talk about what you're, you know, let's talk about different options, mm-hmm. and let's talk about working out, and let's talk about eating differently." And, I mean, he had this whole thing where he was just... He's so positive. I love it. I love it, but at the time when I heard it, I looked at him like, okay, can you, like, go away? (laughs) (laughs) You're a happy, happy self. Yeah. (laughs) I just wanted, I wanted to feel sorry for myself. So 
I did. I, I think it lasted. I, I think I was allotted for myself about 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> and, um, and literally, I mean, the covers were over my head oh. and I was in bed and, uh, and that was it about 15, 20 minutes. And then I decided that, that I wasn't going to, um, take that only as the only, you know, option. Okay. And I was going to look at some other options. And one of which was, uh, a, a friend of mine who actually now is producing the women's conference, the California women's conference, which, uh, we've titled the leading ladies, uh, California women's conference that happens in long beach, uh, every year. It's a 30 year event and, uh, put on by, uh, the governor's administration. Yeah. That sounds so exciting. I want to hear more about that. I feel so fortunate. I pinch myself every day because I, um, I have access and I'm surrounding myself by, by just the most over the top, amazing, interesting people. I mean, last week, you know, I'm at Shelly Hunt's house, who is, uh, you know, she uh, produces Remake My Life, mm-hmm. and it's on CBS, and she's just this powerhouse. And uh, one of the speakers uh, that she has shared a stage with, who's one of my all-time favorite uh, writers, uh, Mark Victor Hansen, who puts on, you know, obviously he does Chicken Soup for the Soul and everything. Right. So we're sitting at her, you know, at her dining room table, and we're planning on all the details. She's on the advisory board, and so she's, you know, asking about Mark Victor Hansen. Next time she calls him, and he's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll be there for both days. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. And, and it's just it's been great. that type of thing. I mean, all these different celebrities and people getting on board. It's awesome. So, so what was so neat, though, is um, I was talking with, with Cheryl Ellison, who is the um, co-host and uh, co- um, co-executive director uh, with me on this event. And she's asking me, you know, hey, how'd the doctor go? What happened? I said, well, um, you know, this is the situation. And she happens to have two daughters who are going pro in uh, tennis. And this doctor that they go to, you know, doesn't believe, obviously, in surgery. I mean, when you're an athlete, um, you, you know, you really need to take care of your body and health-wise and what you put into it and all that kind of stuff. And so she introduced me to Dr. Edith. Um, who actually has a location in Dana Point and in New York. And timing could not have been better because Dr. Edith had, um, it was a day before she was traveling to New York, and I was able to, through Cheryl's help, uh, get on her calendar Look and be that. able to go see her. So, you know, I ended up going to the doctor um, the next day to see her, and mm-hmm. it was amazing because literally she's looking at my test results, and I had done everything from ultrasound to all the different types of blood work to um, everything. And, and at this point, and, and Janine, you'll love this, so at this point now I've named my fibroid to <laughs> Fernando. He's Fernando the fibroid. How did you get <laughs> So my, okay. like, people, it's my great. husband would be like, Who, what? And he goes, oh, yeah, I go, Fernando. Fernando and I are going to be on good terms. <laughs> we're we're going to work through this. <laughs> so I, I go in there, and, and Dr. Edith was um, exactly everything that, you know, Cheryl had, had said she would be. I mean, she was just, uh, you know, somebody who definitely got it. And right away, she um, had me take some tests that were around, um, you know, just am I, do I have celiac, uh, which at the time I, I knew nothing about, and she had me take a whole bunch of different tests and looking at different things. Anyway, that came back as well as um, just her seeing everything, and it was, mm-hmm. she goes, Michelle, you're, you're, 
you have the onset of celiac disease. And I Look said, I, I don't know what that means. Oh, you didn't know what it meant? I didn't know at all what it meant. It was oh. like, what? And she said, well, what it is is, you know, you're gluten intolerant. And you're, you're and like, you asked, that's it? <laughs> yeah, and, and I didn't know what that meant either. I, oh. <laughs> I knew it meant, I thought it meant like something, well, you can't eat bread. So she then went in to explain, um, going through and how basically it was important for me not to have it ever. I mean, because basically your body is a, is a foreign object, and I'm not going to give it justice in how she describes it, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, there's a couple word phrases that she used, one of which was leaky gut, where yes. you, know, you are eating something and it's basically causing you to have this, you know, quasi leaky gut, and yes. it's, you know, uh, leaking into your, your system, your, right. and it's not uh, healthy. And what was happening was, um, you know, the fibroid, I had had polyps, um, so I had, my body was reacting against this. And Look at that. So right away, I ended up um, taking out wheat from my diet, and which I found to be, I went the opposite. So for me, I ended up, you know, you think, oh, gosh, my girlfriends are like, gosh, I that's great. You're not going to eat wheat mm-hmm. and breads and cake and all that kind of stuff. Well, what happened with me was I actually went the opposite. Everyone thought, you know, my girlfriends, of course, are like, oh, God, you'll lose weight. This will be great. And I did the opposite. I actually felt deprived. And so rather than um, go without, I substituted. So I started mm-hmm. eating all the stuff that was gluten-free. Okay. But... You know, imagine, you know, imagine, you know, right next to my bed stand was, you know, I had, it, they were great, uh, gluten-free pretzels, mm-hmm. chocolate-covered. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, you better live large. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, you know, I'm eating rice, and yeah. I'm eating all, you know, stuff I wasn't even eating before. But let me stop you a second, because um, forget about the gaining weight, okay, because weren't you like, oh my gosh, thank God goodness, someone's determined that I don't need a hysterectomy? Like, did you think in the back of your mind when you're told hysterectomy, I have a funny feeling that that's not it? Or did you think, wow, it, it could be? Did you think that that was no, really right? No, I actually, um, I, I ended up just bawling because, of, again, my mom had had a hysterectomy, and then yeah. it was, like I said, the onset of just other issues that she had had right. health-wise. And so I thought, oh my gosh, you know what, it's you know, it's my turn. It's, oh, so you, know, my really, had it. you really thought that was it? That I this had was, it. Oh. I needed to have it. Wow. And, um, and then even after I went to Dr. Edith, I still heard from, you know, the the, the hospital because they yeah. were scheduling um, the appointment. So I got several calls to Look go ahead that. and schedule. And so I did know after I had started for three days on just being gluten-free, mm-hmm. I could not believe how much better I felt. Look at that. And I was not bleeding, yeah. and that was huge indicator. And what a relief! What a complete relief, mentally, physically, you know, amazing. I mean, it just um, you know, I still have some of the issues, you know, longer periods than than, mm-hmm. than I should. Um, but partly, and I will tell you, it's you know, like, are you really? I mean, I'm I don't cook. You know, I always make jokes on my radio show about mm-hmm. the fact that you know. I know I, I just don't cook, and I'm not good at it, and I don't like it, and the kids know <laughs> we all figure stuff out how to work around it. But you're still not cooking, even well, though well. Now I have to. You now have to. Yeah. Because what's happening is, if you want food that tastes good, yeah. Um, 
and you you need to know what is going into it. Right. And um, you know, right. one of my very uh, who's become one of my dear dear friends, who I absolutely adore, her restaurant is 118 degrees. Yes, Betty Ross, and she's put out several books and and uh, and. Oh my gosh! And you and I have gone. I mean, we've gone to uh, Whole Foods. Yes, I think you were my first introduction, even before I knew. Oh, no, to mothers. I took you to mothers. The mothers, that's right? right. And, and they have a whole gluten-free oh, menu. Yeah, and they have a big gluten-free menu. Gluten-free is really big right now. Really big. Well, and that's what's so nice. I mean, I'm I'm unfortunate because I'm, you know, figuring out that I have it. Mm-hmm. You know, but like I'll give you an example. Last night we went to a restaurant. It was an Italian restaurant, and that's a tough one. What's that? That seems like it would be a tough one. You know, it would. I mean, restaurants right now are popping up where they have, they have the gluten-free oh, good. pasta good. and, and um, the gluten-free pizza and all that kind of stuff. I asked okay. this restaurant, and the guy said, you know, no, we get asked all the time, but no, we don't have it. Which, again, it goes back to my, you know, I wasn't eating that stuff before as much. You know, it was like maybe a treat, but not like, oh, okay, I can't have it, so now I need to have it. So, I, I, you know, even if you get the gluten-free, you're still getting... You know, it's just, it's still calories. It's still, right. you know, all that. So I was like, you know what, I don't need that. But I ended up having, um, you know, uh, fish and mm-hmm. vegetables. And, Good. And, again, it was awesome. It was great. It's great. But I had to, um, you know, the soup, um, I had to really be careful. It's like, okay, are, is there any, and now I say, you know, not just gluten because people, a lot of people surprisingly still don't know what that is. Yes. But I say, you know, we can't have any flour. Right. And then the other one that came out for me was... Um, well, it, excuse me, it depends what flour. You can have almond flour, you can have... There's so many other flours you can have, just not things that are derived from wheat. Yeah, and that's a really good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, and then the other thing that Dr. Edith had gone through was um, just the, the cross-reactors that she... Tell me about that. Well, it wasn't just the wheat and, you know, there's other things. Some people have, you know, dairy. I mean, things that really... Mm-hmm bother their in, intestinal, right. you know, and, and, and really agitate it. And so for me, sesame seeds was oh. a huge one. So again, I was feeling great, much, much better than I did when I was eating wheat. But even having taken out wheat, I was still feeling like, wow, this was just not working. And what was happening was I'm a huge fan of hummus. Oh. So the hummus had the sesame seed in it. So that's a no, a no on that one. So I... Um, you know, so that along with, um, the coffee bean was another one. Were you a big coffee drinker? You know what? Surprisingly, I wasn't. In fact, I didn't, I didn't like the taste of it. I didn't like, oh. yeah. And they, and she said too, you, you could have different reactions. One of which is like ses- for the sesame seed for hummus. I literally would eat hummus like daily. Are, wait, let me back up. Cause my daughter likes hummus and she's gluten-free. Do a lot of people have this issue with that's sesame seeds? Not necessarily. Oh, okay. That's why it's really important just to get cross-checked on the different the different things that are out there. I mean, and I, I, in fact, I just saw her on um, on Thursday, and mm-hmm. we were looking at my cross-reactors, and she's like, God, you're really, you know, that's great, because you didn't have huge reactions to dairy or, um, you know, there's some other things that I could have had huge reactions, but basically everything, anything in the grain world, even oatmeal, you know, all of that um, has been taken out, but, but the positives was the, uh, you know, the dairy and things like that. So I highly recommend, and I was glad that I, I, I found out everything because the ironic thing was the sesame seed had just, it had the same, same results, um, 
same type of uh, triggers that gluten did. Really? Yeah. And um, and it's interesting, too, because when you go and you're looking at the back of the boxes, uh-huh. so much of gluten-free has sesame seed in it. You know what? Another trigger is, um, what is it, soy sauce, anything with related to wheat. Uh, well, it's funny that you say that. That's another one. So my all-time favorite, favorite, favorite eating out experience is sushi. Love oh. sushi. Oh. And so soy sauce, that's a huge one in that. Um, and so you definitely need to ask for the... You know, the gluten-free, the wheat-free. Wheat-free soy sauce. Soy sauce. Yeah. And then something else. So imagine, you know, just learning how to adapt, but several months into this, you know, and I go back and I explain to Dr. E what I was eating. And you say, well, okay, so tell me about the sushi. And so, oh, no, I'm not having any soy sauce, and I'm not having any of the sauces on it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just the, um, you know, obviously I'll do like a lot of times the hand rolls mm-hmm. with the crab meat in it. And she says, okay, the crab meat is full of gluten. Really? Yeah. So that was disappointing. Why? Because it's artificial crab meat? It's artificial crab meat. Uh-huh. So when I do order it, and so literally, I think that's probably been the interesting, mm-hmm. it's, it's been great because I'm, my personality type is I'm such a people pleaser. Hence, to your comment when we first started the conversation was, you know, you, you take care of everybody else yes. before you take care of yourself. And, and that's exactly you know, what happens. And so in this case, I have to, you know, I mean, I have to really, I can't tell you how many times I order something in a restaurant and it comes back and it has gluten in it. When I've said, okay, can't have flour. It can't have, can't, oh, I can't I do the whole thing. I know. And, it, you know, it is. It's, and then they'll bring something back and you're like, okay, wow. You know, or even vegetarian places or, I mean, you have to be so, so specific. You do. You do. I'm going to have to come over and make a few things that I've learned to make. You, I think so. I, you know what? Really? I've had, um, which was great, is uh, uh, Jenny from 118 Degrees. She came over. and Oh, you're lucky. But isn't that great? And I, it, <laughs> she was laughing because my husband Excuse and I are so me. opposite. He's a CPA. He was at Western Digital, yeah. very, you know, analytical. And so she was, you know, making food for both of us. So he's measuring everything down to, like, a small little grain. <laughs> oh wow! And putting stuff in, and I'm just coming along. Oh, you want a pinch of salt? Okay, you want a pinch of this? You want this? <laughs> That's your contribution. To yeah. Okay. And uh, we're just, she, she, she still laughs about it. She says, "You guys are so funny together because you're so opposite." That's funny. Oh, he loves to cook. Sounds like you know what he he will. Um, I again, I, it, what we've been doing that's been really fun. So as a result of this, and you said your daughter um, is gluten intolerant. It's very yes. much hereditary. Oh. And my son. Um, Without even being tested, we actually, that's one of the things that we're going to be doing this month um, is having our kids tested. But we knew right away with him because he stopped. He just, it's funny how a lot of times, I think, especially with kids, I mean, they'll just know, okay, that doesn't make me feel good. This makes me feel good. Right. And um, right. But he doesn't have anything gluten. I mean, he's, you know, in fact, I'll make the mistake sometimes and say, you know, somebody will give us cookies or something. And he's like, Mom, I can't have cookies. You know, I can't have that. Yeah, I mean, he's on it, which is great. But he, um, he and I cook. Um, so we divide up nights, and then and he's only he's my twelve uh, year old, and then my thirteen year old. We kind of like partner up, and they take a night, and that works out great. That's good. That's good. You know, the the problem is this: we we buy things that are convenient. You know, I mean, years ago I was buying the goldfish and the you know little snack whatever crackers and the whatever, and 
it's not good food for our bodies, our kids' bodies, but we're buying things that are convenient, that we know the kids like, they get addicted to. And the truth is they just need pure, clean food. You know, you've heard clean eating. Clean eating, well, like, and I've, I've looked at some different things, like the paleo diet or, but mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's nothing processed. Right, right. Everything that's, you know, in its pure state. Right. I, I think I also told you I had to put my daughter on a strict diet because she has a sensitivity to wheat. She has leaky gut. Uh, she had too many antibiotics as a kid. She's always sick, constantly sick. So I put her on this diet where it was uh, low glycemic fruit, vegetables, meats, very low carbs. I was giving her some beans, occasionally gluten-free oatmeal. Her whole energy and her outlook and her motivation completely changed. She was no longer really lethargic and no longer complaining of stomach pains. And the only thing I have to say about gluten-free is sometimes the things are high in sugar, which is not good. Right, right. You know, and there's also no fiber. So you have to kind of figure out, okay, you know, what you can add in, what you can limit, because... You know, you can buy gluten-free snacks, but if you add up all the sugar and stuff and those things, it's not good. Right, right. Well, yeah. and that goes back to what we talked about. I mean, obviously, not the most important thing, but I, was, I literally was like, I should be losing weight. I mean, I'm eating, you know, well, no, because I had substituted. I was just taking one thing for another thing. Right, and, right. You know, all that kind of stuff. And I will say, too, with my son, I, in fact, my husband and I were just talking about this last night, but I noticed with him, he... Um, you know, our, our, our family, is, you know, everybody comes downstairs, very happy, happy. And, you know, he'd come down and do the morning and be crab apples. And I tell uh-huh. him, I go, Chase, you know, turn it around, go back upstairs, you know, be, be you know, no crabby. We don't yeah. want that. And, yeah. uh, and then come back downstairs and change the behavior. Uh-huh. And it was interesting because we don't do that anymore. I mean, he, he's just, he's a lot happier. And I think, I think a big reason is because he feels better. Well, it's like a food hangover. I mean, let's face it, if we eat the wrong thing, we're going to feel it. Yeah. And kids feel it, but we don't know that. And so we're thinking, oh, they're just moody, they're crabby, they're not listening. It's They have it too. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly, I mean, it really, and he's like, wow. You know, I mean, it really, we've noticed such a difference. Right. And, um, you know, I mean, a really big difference. So, yeah. That's awesome. We're going to take a quick break, and if you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Janine. You're listening to Get the Funk Out, and we're talking with Michelle Patterson, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. I find this scientifically fascinating. You're listening to KUCI Irvine. Disengage this computer now. Broadcasting at 88.9 FM. Hello, computer. And on the web at KUCI.org. The most reliable computer ever made. And streaming through iTunes. Don't expect any mercy during the Great Robot Wars. And Peter Radio brought to you by machines. Returning to normal broadcast in 3, 2, 1. Can do incredible things. 
They made every sound in this piece of music. But nothing compares to using them to help save a life. If an adult suddenly collapses, call 911, then push hard and fast in the center of their chest until help arrives. It's called Hands Only CPR, and it's recommended by the American Heart Association. Visit handsonlycpr.org today. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council. As a parent, you can't help but look at your child and wonder what the future holds. You may dream about the possibility of your son or daughter becoming a professional athlete or a renowned heart surgeon. But while you're dreaming, consider this. The odds that your child will be diagnosed with autism are 1 in 166. Knowing the signs of autism and catching it early could make a world of difference to your child and to you. To learn the signs, visit AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, and we're back with Michelle Patterson. You're listening to Get the Funk Out Show. So, Michelle, I wanted to find out if there's anything else you want to talk about is regarding to celiac and everything, and then it kind of opened some other doors for you, some other things going on in your life, didn't it? You know what? I, well, it definitely did. I mean, it's. Um, I think it just it, it, it came at a time when it was super necessary, and... Um, you know, I had shared with you, too, I've been doing events, gosh, for probably the last 20 years, mm-hmm. and uh, got to a point where I was enjoying so much doing events, I decided to do that full-time and make that an actual company, and uh, created a company called Event Complete uh, that produces these events, as well as a company called Touchpoint, and Touchpoint actually goes and does all the social media and the marketing um, for events, and and all the things that, that bring these events to life. And so great. one of which was um, this past year, and I started sharing with you a little bit of, you know, the, 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 the actual Leading Ladies California Women's Conference. I mean, that one has just been, you know, what an opportunity and what just a phenomenal experience to be able to go ahead and be able to be in a situation where we're bringing so many interesting individuals together for these amazing talks. Um, one of the things that we've done, and if you look at, you know, in the past, you know, for example, Maria Shriver um, served her role as the first lady, and so last year she, you know, Arnold came out of office, and so that term ended, mm-hmm. and she brought that event to complete, you know, stardom. I mean, it was just really took it to um, a whole new level and created this amazing, amazing event. That's great. And wow. so what we're looking at doing and, and, and working with now the governor's office and, and it's now uh, Jerry and Ann Brown, um, but really tying in and taking it and doing what she's done. So, you know, you can't replace a Maria Shriver. And so what we're looking at is creating five co-hosts versus the one co-host. That's great. And also having those five co-hosts then represent, you know, the different stages in a woman's life. And so going through, and so that's been really, really exciting just to set that up. And then when you look at our town center um, that we've created, kind of the main hall, if you will, imagine, you know, after people get done having, uh, you know, the different um, panel sessions and talks, and then individuals go out into this town hall. And what we've done is we've taken the concept of a community and created these neighborhoods. And so each each of the communities actually represent. So we have streets, one of which um, is a street that's totally designated towards charities. That's fantastic. And then we've got a whole street that's dedicated towards um, women's networking groups. Mm -hmm. We've got a whole street that's dedicated towards 
um, businesses and all the different aspects and ways that you get into the business community. And we've got a whole street dedicated towards, um, you know, beauty and fashion. Nice. And then health and fitness. And so what happens is, you know, you have these inspirational discussions and you're excited and you want to learn more and you want to know what else is out there. And so, for example, with the charities, I mean, you look at these, you know, 501c3s, I mean, they're, they're looking for several things, one of which is, you know, we need to go ahead and build, you know, obviously funding, that's important, mm-hmm. but um, sometimes just as important is awareness right. and volunteerism. Mm-hmm. And so imagine having all these different groups be able to go out on this floor and, and these groups then can sign people up and get them on board. So along with, you know, what's, you know, what's been created in the past with, you know, all the different movie stars and the different folks that are going to be a part of it and, and, uh, and building on that is just now really taking it this next step and creating a, a vehicle for individuals to get on board and sign up. And That is so exciting. It is. I'm really, I mean, uh, you know, we've been working around the clock um, on putting this together. The, the date is scheduled. It's May 9th and 10th. Okay. And it's scheduled at the Long Beach Convention Center, which is where it's, it has been held um, for, you know, for literally the last decade. And so, um, yeah, it's just it's something that uh, I feel very fortunate that I even get to be, you know, in the position to be able to produce this. It's probably the, the event that I'm most proud of and most excited be. about doing. You should be. And then how did you get involved in TEDx? That was a great event. Yeah, you know what? Um, that one came about. Uh, Steve Averill is uh, now a good friend of mine. He runs the OC Biz blog, and he ended up reaching out um, because he was referred over by Jenny. Okay. And so he said he was looking for somebody uh, to actually work with them to produce the TED event. And so we ended up going into a partnership together and sharing the, um, the license for uh, TEDx Irvine, and so that was a pretty amazing event. Uh, Aranchas Los Ramos was phenomenal place gorgeous, to have gorgeous place. The event, and for yeah. those of you, um, and Janine, you were awesome. You were our oh, thank uh, you. our media representative on site. Uh, you know, doing uh, clips for the radio show, which was thank you great. It was fun, and it was it was just it was one of those events where we were able to go ahead and um, really have a very eclectic uh, group of speakers. I love the format. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was, Ted is uh, notorious for being known as the format that, you know, really sends a powerful message. It's 15 minutes. Um, you know, the talks are only 15 minutes, and then those talks actually get uh, put up on on their site. So you end up, they go viral. I mean, there are these uh, amazing um, videos that end up getting, you know, some of them, when they do hit and they go viral, they hit, you know, millions and millions of, uh, you know, uh, listeners come in and, and watch. Yes, yes. Wait, excuse me. And so for people that don't know what TED stands for, it's, is it technology, entertainment, and design? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And, in fact, uh, at our first one that we just had, that was one of the things that we did at the very end was ask, you know, people to tell us what it was. And I was surprised at how many people had never been to a TED event. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're very... Um, and what TEDx has done, the X is uh, independent. They do do 
the TED events, which are, you know, once a year they'll do a big, huge one, you know, thousands go. And, um, and then these TEDx events are, are really based in the community and, and out there. So it makes a huge difference. That's to, great. Uh, it allows people to be able to go. I actually, some of the speakers are going to come on this show. Oh, very good. Yes. Who are you having? Uh, let's see. I'm having the gentleman who's the photographer. Oh, Robert Evans. Yeah, Robert Evans. Yeah, um, he is. Um, okay, so a little bit about Robert Evans. I mean, your listeners definitely are going to want to tune into that show. He, talk about just, I mean, phenomenal. I mean, he, well, for starters, you know, I'll do a little name dropping, but he actually <laughs> was the photographer for um, Tom Cruise's wedding, Jennifer Aniston's wedding. I know. You know, he's just done some amazing things. I actually had lunch with him on Friday. He's, he seems so nice. You know what? He's so, I, I said that to him at the lunch, I just said, you're so down to earth. And, and for, for us, I mean, with our, you know, speaking engagement, I mean, we're setting everything up from, you know, an Ario Speedwagon to Mary J. Blige to, nice. you know, uh, Queen Latifah. I mean, we, we deal with so many of these celebrities. And, and I always tell people, it's like, I always know how the person is on the inside when the cameras go off. Right. That's right. And and they're still personable, and they're still, you know, they're down to earth, and they get it. I mean, it's not about, you know, they realize that they've got, you know, they've been given a gift and, and, and how they use that gift to whether it be, you know, uh, you know get their message out or they have a, a talent. But it's, you know, at the end of the day, we're all created equally and, right. you know, they've been given these gifts. And, and so he is one of those individuals where he's just really – a good, good, you know, just a great person. Yeah, he just, I, I love his, I'm not even going to give it away, but his whole backstory into photography and how he presented himself, and it was very moving. Wasn't it? I mean, yeah. and, and I love that, too, because he shows um, who he is inside. I mean, he, right. he definitely lets you into his personal life, which, again, people want. They want, you know, I was in working with these various speakers, and they'll ask, you know, Michelle, what is it? that I want to make sure that I portray what, you know, what do you want me to hit on? And, and my thing is just, you know, you know, let them, let them have a piece of who you are. Let them see who you are, you know, inside. I mean, right. you know, we all, I don't care who you are, you know, everybody has challenges. Everybody has things that they, you know, deal with, whether they overcome it or, you know, how they deal with it. And, you know, I think we're all in, you know, we're all in this big world to, you know, learn and, so and really, you know, it's the relationships that we have and how we create those relationships and develop them. Right, right. No, I, I agree. You know, I was telling somebody about this. One of the most interesting things I learned in graduate school was this model about how to motivate people intrinsically as opposed to, you know, for materialistic reasons. And it's called the ARCS model. I think I told you this, right? No, you and, didn't. Tell me. Okay. I want to hear this. So it's A R C. S, arcs, and attend, you get their attention. That's the A. So you do something that's funny, that's interesting, something that just grabs their attention right from the get-go. You make it relevant. So the stories that were at TEDx were really relevant to a lot of people. You know, we could really relate to them. You give them the confidence that what you're going to tell them to do, they can do it. For instance, uh, Sue Enquist. What a motivational speaker, right? She was talking about you know, how to, how to um, tune people out that are toxic to you. I loved it. 
Oh, it makes such a difference. And the B3s and the, oh, I oh, you it. put your feet on the ground and you get going. Right. Yeah. Right. And the last part is satisfaction. You give them, um, you know, satisfaction knowing that it's going to change their life, make them feel better. Um, you know, there's, and you can apply this to a lot of different things, whatever you're doing. Exactly. It makes a huge, huge difference. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm trying to get her on my show. I would love to have her on the show. You know what? She, um, and she would love to be on the show. She definitely, she's definitely something that you should connect with, and I can, I can help set that up. That'd be great. That would be great. Yeah, she's a, she's a, talk about a firecracker. And you know what? Again, it goes back to what I was talking about earlier is when the cameras are off, no one's, you know, no one's paying attention, you know, all, all eyes aren't on you, you know, how are you behaving? And, and she's one of those individuals that was, you know, great the, the very next day. I mean, she was right away setting out um, very motivating, positive, you know, uh, job well done comments to nice. the whole group. So nice. Speakers and, you know, she didn't have to do that. I mean, it, yeah. she didn't have to take time out of her schedule to go ahead and, you know, kind of just celebrate the fact that it was a very successful event. More, pe- more people should do that, though, you know. It's always nice to hear positive reinforcement. People don't take the time. Oh, exactly, exactly. Now, you're also the creator of Taste of Ladera, and what an event that has been. So you just have this drive to create these unbelievable events, and where does that come from? You know, um, I mean, I think a lot of how we are is developed at an early age, uh, you know, I've, I, uh, I've always just been that type of person where, I mean, the way I was raised, I mean, if you asked me when I was a kid, you know, what I wanted to be, I wanted to be governor. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I, and in my family, I just always, my mom and my dad both had the mindset that, you know, you could be anything you wanted to be. It was really just you deciding nice. what that, what that looked like. And, and my dad, you know, again, 38 years, uh, he represented police officers for California, was an undercover agent for, for the majority of that time. My mom ran a daycare, um, clean homes. I mean, she, I just remember her being, you know, and my dad, both the oldest, I'm the oldest, mm-hmm. but just very, very, uh, you know, they were go-getters. I mean, they made things happen. You know, uh, where we lived, I mean, I, we lived on a, on a great street that had, um, you know, most, most everybody was doctors or lawyers. And, you know, here's my parents that, you know, white collar, you know, workers. And, and uh, they just were very, um, they always had that mindset of going after what they, what they wanted. That's fantastic. That so I learned that. You. I, mean, it, yeah. I, you know, I, I'll never forget, you know, just, I just thought that's the way it was. It wasn't until I got older that I realized, oh, wait a minute. Um, there isn't a woman president. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you know? And you know stuff like that. And and uh, so it, it definitely stayed with me. I can see that. I mean, that's what a fantastic way to be raised. Well, and I will I will tell you this one because um, I, I was recently asked this, and and I had to do a lot of soul searching, and and I remember you know the things that stay with you when you're little that someone said something or did something, and it, it just kind of echoes and stays with you. So. When I was, I uh, probably was about nine years old, and I can remember where I was uh, exactly, but I was eavesdropping on my mom and my dad, and the pastor had come over to our house. My parents were having some marriage problems okay. and were really, really struggling. And, you know, you're nine. It's like you think, okay, these, these, you know, your kid, 
these kids don't know. I mean, they know. They know what's going on. They sure. hear stuff. And again, being the oldest, so I was, I was not right behind uh, the couch. And I was listening, and I can remember the priest telling my parents, "You know, you have two options. You know, you either can be, you know, miserable uh-huh. together." And at that time, I can remember, I mean, my little heart's racing, and I can think, oh, please Aww. don't say the D word. Aww. Please don't say it. Please don't say it. Please don't say you're going to get divorced. Yeah. Listen, I'm listening, I'm listening. And, um, and it's, he's actually now a Monsignor, but Monsignor Neil Dolan. And he made the comment to my mom and my dad, and he says, you can either be miserable or you can choose to be happy. He goes, choose. That's great. Choose. I like that. And I thought, um, and that's just something that I... You know, I, I think for me, it's like if I'm in a situation where I'm not happy or I'm feeling miserable, it's like I have that ability to choose. I mean, as simple as, you know, choosing whether you like vanilla mm-hmm. or chocolate ice cream, you know, choose and, and making it that simple and not making it this big kind of long drawn out thing. I mean, they, and they, you know, uh, you know, my, in my parents' case, they chose happiness and in, they stayed married, and mm-hmm. now they've you know they're coming up on fifty years of marriage. That's great. Wow. And, um, but yeah, it's such a great story. But it was such a great learning lesson for me as a kid, just to see. You know, I think we make choices every single day. Yes. Well, that's a that's a skill, Michelle. Not everybody can say. You know, I have a choice. I can be miserable today, or I can be happy, and I have the power. Because people don't think they perhaps have the power to get out of that funk. Right. No, they they absolutely don't. Right. They absolutely don't. Right. So, and that's the difference. Exactly. Yeah. No, and it makes a huge, huge difference. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that's where you know, and and yeah, like I said earlier when we started the conversation, it was like I came home and I was definitely in a funk. I mean, yeah. it was, you know, thinking, okay, I'm going to have to go through, you know, surgery and, yeah, you know, and go through all this, and and I was definitely feeling like, okay. I'm not going to be able to get out of this funk. And, and I think going back to um, your comment earlier, and you were, we were talking about Sue Enquist, but, mm-hmm. you know, we, one of the things, I mean, as women too, I think we, we end up, because we are people pleasers a lot of times, is that we'll surround ourselves with people that kind of suck the life out of us. <laughs> it's true. You know, they want to come in and just literally tap us dry. And, and that's where... You know, that's not a good thing. I mean, that's definitely something, um, you know, that, that we obviously want to make sure that we really kind of, uh, you know, it, it, it's okay to be, you know, friendly and be close to different people, and but it's not okay to let those people kind of, you know, tap you dry. That's right. That's right. And it's okay to keep people, you know, at a distance that are toxic to you. Exactly. You know, exactly. you, you and have to. Had, um, and that's probably... You know, the, unfortunately, um, you know, the, I hit when I hit forty, and now I'm forty-one. I'll be forty-two, but it, it really took me getting to my forties mm-hmm. to to pay attention to that and yes. to say, you know what, this is not okay. Right. Um, I had I had an individual that uh, you know I was getting ready to go in and do this huge, big, uh, you know, meeting. Uh, in fact, I, I shared this with you, but it was. You know, I'm the event ambassador for Groupon, and, uh, right. you know, my company closed the largest, um, you know, we've done more deals with Groupon than any other company, and Amazing. as a result, we've started representing companies and how they are represented with online deals. 
And so we create these touch points, um, and that's the touch point uh, company I have. Mm-hmm. But I can remember the night before I'm getting ready, I'm heading off to Chicago, I'm flying, you know, high, super excited, flying high as a kite. I, we just, you know, we did 4,700 uh, photography uh, tickets, actual registered uh. attendees we sold, like, in three days. Ah, uh, Michelle, wow. Yeah, and this individual who's always been this way, um, but he made the comment, and he said, you can't, you know, and I told him what I was going to do. I, I was going to write a book called How to Get Your Group On. I was going to go ahead, and I needed to get the training manual. I wanted to be named the event ambassador group on. I heard somebody be called a restaurant ambassador. I thought that would be really cool. And then I wanted to um, interview the CEO, Andrew Mason. And so this was a year ago, and they, the CEO had just come out on the cover of Forbes magazine, and, you know, fastest growing company. And Amazing. So, uh, so right the night before, I'm talking to this individual, and he says to me, oh, yeah, I don't know why you think that you could do that. He goes, I know you've done events before, but, you know. Don't you love when people say that? Oh. That makes me want to do things more in my life. Well, I, I looked at him, and, I, and we have kids that are the same age that, are, you know, are in classes together. And I looked at him, and I said, I hope you don't say that to your kids. Oh, good. I looked oh, good. at him because I was, I was actually like, hey, where are you coming from? Because, you know, how, first of all, I don't want to hear this going in. I'm literally getting on a plane, yeah. so the next day. How nice. But I looked at him, I said, I hope you don't do that. I go, because if I were as a kid, I might listen. Yes. But I'm not. And, and I said, you know, and, and so many people want to say, oh, because it's their own insecurities. Right. Somebody might have said that to them. And 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 I, I and that was my next comment to him. I said you might have been told that. And he, you know, he was somebody. You know, uh, he lost a ton of. I mean, he was like four hundred pounds, lost a ton of weight. So he, he definitely was playing into his own insecurities. Were kind of rolling off right. in a mind. But ironically enough, I mean, I, I I left there and went. I had my little punch list. I had my four things. Some people think they have to do their goal setting. It has to be this really lengthy, long you know, dissertation, <laughs> this full-blown. And, and, and my comment to, to the audience is absolutely not. I mean, all you need is keep it simple. And so I had four things on there, the four things I said. So sure enough, I got there. I carried that with me. And um, right away, I ended up having an opportunity. I met Andrew Mason because they had a fire drill, the whole building. Uh, so I knew what he looked like. <laughs> Went right up to him. Oh, look at you. And, you know, with my director of operations, mm-hmm. my photographers, and they're like, what is she doing? And right away, introduced myself. My name is Michelle Patterson. Fantastic. We just broke the record, and I'd love to interview you. And I'm writing a book called How to Get Your Group On, and I decided on the flight over the name of the book. Look at you. That's great. But, it, it, and, you know, again, it's not that, um, you know, people are, they always say, God, how do you end up doing this? Or how do you, it's, you, you, you decide. I mean, if you don't make the decisions on what path you're going to take, yes. others will make those for you. Right. They'll decide what path. And so I always thought, well, I might as well figure out what I want to do. That's right. And, and, and then go in. And sure enough, I ended up getting the, um, I, did it, I did the interview. They had to speak to their whole group. I um, met with uh, the number two guy who said, you know, well, gosh, we'd love to work with you. What can we do? And, I said, oh, I read about the restaurant ambassador. He goes, oh, we'll make you the event ambassador. And I thought, you know, literally I'd already been thinking this and thought, <laughs> okay, I, that'd be great. That's awesome. And um, ironically, we were leaving and getting down to the, uh, we were late for the flight to go home, and 
I looked on my list, and there was one that I was missing, and that was to get the training manual. And I went back into uh, the building, went to the VP of uh, sales, and I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to get the training manual. He goes, oh, we, we can't give that to you. I go, you know what? I go, I just was named your event ambassador. I've got the... Yes, you can. I, I got, <laughs> he goes, oh, here you go. Yeah, look at that. Yes, you can. So, you know what, Michelle? We have to wrap it up, but if people want more information about you, where can they you know, find you on the web? You know what? You can go to our website, which is eventcomplete.com, and that's E-V-E-N-T. C-O-M-P-L-E-T-E dot com. Okay. Uh, You can also call into our office, which is 949-218-0866. Excellent. And you've got all your events coming up on there? I do. I have all the events. Uh, The the next one coming up is January 19th, which is Create Your Future. Beautiful. And uh, so we'd love love to see you there. Beautiful. And I loved having you on the show. You've been listening to Get the Funk Out with Michelle Patterson. I'm your host, Janine, and I'll be back here next Monday at 9. Have a great day, Michelle. Okay, you too. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is Anthony Hopkins with an important message about cancer prevention and treatment. Did you know that the right foods can help prevent this frightening disease? New studies show that fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and other high-fiber vegetarian foods reduce the risk of certain cancers, and they may even improve survival. Visit cancerproject.org or call 866-906-WELL. Brought to you by The Cancer Project, a non-profit organization advancing cancer prevention and survival. How about a glass of milk? That's gross. Well, count sheep or something. Mommy, you can do better than that. Well, do you have any other ideas? Oh, I know. I can listen to KUCI 88.9. Cool. That's exactly what I'm doing. Friend us on Facebook at KUCI FM and follow us on Twitter at KUCI FM.